welcome back to another episode of Pro Dignity No Doubt. Um, I'm Nicole Smith, the hostess, and uh, this is a podcast where we explore the question of what is the value of human life, and it's we kind of tell stories in order to spark discussions, uh, to ask questions and spark dis- mm-hmm. discussions. Um, and here with me today are two people I'm like kind of really excited about <laughs> this. I really am. Uh, we've interviewed a lot of different people with different stories, uh, but these two individuals have something that's near and dear to my heart because it's very similar, a scenario that we went through, very different, but also very the same. We have uh, Brad and Rebecca Turner, um, and we're going to just get into their story and let it just like like roll itself out. Um, but uh, Brad is someone that I met through a work situation, and over the last like year or two years or something, we mm-hmm. sort of just let the relationship grow and I've gotten to know more of his story and obviously an integral part of his story is his wife <laughs> <laughs> and the experiences that they've gone through um, but we'll get back to his that work uh, relationship here in a minute because it means a lot but in particular what's very similar about our stories is actually our daughter's stories. Now our daughters are very different in age uh, but we have similar situations in which they were born in distress and now they live a life of strength and purpose by way of just the human human condition, but they also have a disability that goes along with it. So, but um, we just want to hear a little bit, you know, where you guys met. Like, just like let's start back, build the romance and the yeah. story. Like, <laughs> how did you guys meet? Well, we are college sweethearts. Oh, nice. So um, we both lived or grew up and were born and raised in Florida, about two hours apart, but never knew each other. Um, but both had made the decision to come up to Nashville and attend Trevecca Nazarene University. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that makes so sense. So Brad is older. So he... <laughs> the older man. Yes. Yeah, that's gotcha. it. That's he it. was there a year before me. Uh-huh. So you want to... Yeah. It's, so we actually met through my roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate knew Rebecca before I did. And so we were actually at the Trebecca gym one night. He introduced me. We met. We ended up, uh, he actually had a crush on her. Oh, well. And yeah. comes out. So, <laughs> right. It escalates the drama in the story here. Oh, and so oh, we what? actually, I think the next day or so, we had to go, we were going to get our cars washed. And now, I, went. I was I was going to get my car washed. Right. And his roommate didn't want me to go by myself, you know, downtown oh. Murfreesboro Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking out for me. Everybody's should be careful. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't go with me. Oh. So the next best thing, if if I can't go with her, I'll send my roommate oh. to watch over and protect yeah. her. Oh, so, yeah. Well, he shouldn't have done how, that. It was. <laughs> that's how it started. Here we are. That's how it started. We ended up, I think, right after that, we we started dating, and we never we never stopped. That was that was it. Twenty seven years ago. Back in nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Murfreesboro Road. Yes. Yeah. Place of romance. Yes. She played volleyball and I played oh, nice. baseball. What position and... did you play? Um, I was an outside hitter. Oh gosh, yeah. I was a center to right side hitter. Were okay. you right? And there you go. So I you didn't did. know you played volleyball. Uh, how did you not know? I don't think yeah. you. Told I'm five eleven. Yes, so, that's yeah. true. But I, I don't think you told me that. <laughs> so I'm five six. So oh wow, play, that's surprising. I I'm gonna go outside now. I will say, you know, we were a small private school so yeah. um they also didn't have a setter so i was kind of pushed it, yes into that. inward yeah um, see i i i was gonna go to college for for volleyball because i played club ball and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but i ended up getting a speech and debate scholarship and apparently it just like 
No it, kidding. It seemed uh, to to live with me a, yeah. a lot longer than perhaps volleyball might. Have. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how we and, and so we met. Yeah, and and we yeah, took we off from there. We college. dated through college. Never okay, broke so up. like never broke up. And yeah. then when did you guys get married? How long after school? Rebecca was still in school, actually. Oh, well, she I was done with all of my school. I just had uh, student yeah. teaching left. Yeah. So we got married in um, May, of May of 99. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we were kind of Y2K bride. Right. And that's <laughs> what, that was the big th- Yeah, we got married before Y2K ended the earth. And yes. We, we survived. Were, we yeah, were weren't you looking our... out over the Nashville lights? Oh, yeah. you know, it's going to end. It's going to be dark. Yes. And we were in our married student housing apartment in with our parents calling us terrified that the world was going to yeah. end. And Isn't that funny? Like, oh, my gosh. Now just... you look back. It, it really, if, no, the people that weren't born at this time yeah. or even, like, old enough to really fully appreciate right, kind right. of the stupidity of, of that. Right. It just, because if you really think, like, how would it end? Like, well, people functioned before this. Even <laughs> if you like... look at, so if you think the other connection to that for me, it's almost a bookend is you had all the anxiety leading up to that. Yeah. And then you had 9-11 a year later. Oh, gosh. Like, I, there I, was a lot in that two or three year yeah. window of everything Well, and if you ending. look back at our lives, like, didn't, hasn't a lot of stuff happened? Yeah. Like, yes. I, 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 li- I have a lot of friends, like, that are in their 80s, and they they did too. Like yeah. they started, you sure. know, World War II mm-hmm. and like a lot of technology mm-hmm. changes um, and a lot of trauma that they went at uh, early kids. But I don't know. Looking back at what yeah. we experienced, I kind of feel like we did too. It's yeah. a little bit different, you know, of an experience. But my goodness. Well, congratulations. Thank you, you survived. Why? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah, we a married couple. It. Yeah, we made it. It was really uneventful on January 1 of 2000. Yeah. Well, you know. We survived. <laughs> kind of just enjoyed life uh, together, being married. Kind of had a motto, no kids, no pets, no... Oh, nice. Yeah. For how yeah. many years? No kids, no pets, no responsibility. Seven? Seven years. Seven. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah we did And we were years. intentional on that because we had, you know, received some really good counsel from folks we trusted to say, hey, enjoy each other's yeah, company Yeah, because you don't get it on, you don't do get it on the other end. You don't no. get it on the other end. Mm-mm. And... You know, well, you get something different, let's you just do. say that. But you're, you're right. It's just, it's just different, but... Mm-hmm. I think in, you know, in God's providence, I don't know if we would have survived oh, if yeah. our situation had happened early we in our were, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Some, like, yeah. would, we, would our foundation, foundation have been strong yeah. enough to, yeah. to bring us through no, it? No, that makes sense. Right. Um, so, you know, you get pregnant with Kinsley. Well, I was pregnant before Kinsley. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, at, at the seven-year mark, I was, um, yes, I was pregnant. Uh, we had known for a couple weeks. Okay. Um, and had gone to Florida uh, for my mom's mm-hmm. birthday. And so we were going to tell all of our Florida family down there in person first before we came back to Tennessee yeah. to tell all of our friends. And about two weeks after we got back from Florida, um, I started bleeding. Oh, no. And I was at work. So sorry. Nobody at work knew. Uh, yeah. Really nobody. None of my friends nobody here knew. knew. Yeah. And I literally had to just run to a coworker and I'm going to be open and honest with you when I talk about my story. So yeah, I hope yeah, it's not no. too, no, no, too that's much what information. You're here for. But, you know, I'm an open book. So I tell yeah. people in case they've ever experienced this, but I literally had to run to a coworker and said, listen, I'm pregnant, but I'm bleeding and I don't know what to do. Yeah. She was like, you got to call your doctor and you got to no. leave. So yeah. I basically just left work, didn't tell my boss or anything, just 
left. Ran out of there. And, and you were left. a teacher at the time? No, I ended up not uh, teaching. Uh-huh. I ended up going a different route. And um, I was working at a travel agency at the time, oh, okay. um, which is why <clears throat> we were probably waited uh, for children because we were ta- using the benefits yeah, of traveling. working at a travel agency, yeah, yeah. Uh, going on vacation right. places. But yeah. yeah, so left and called him and he met me at the um, doctor's office and basically they um, had said, well, my... I wasn't, the cervix wasn't closed, or it wasn't open, but How they said- How far along were you? I was probably, I had been to one, I think, doctor's appointment and mm-hmm. one um, ultrasound, like vaginal ultrasound. Yeah, 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 the initial one. So mm-hmm. when they did so it first, at this- first trimester then? Yeah. 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 yeah, I was, I mean, I was probably only between like eight to 12. Yeah, yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not even that. Um, but when they did it again, they're like, there's really not been any growth. Any, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they said, more than likely you're miscarrying. Yeah. Um, the baby's passing away. We're just going to send mm. you home and yeah, let mm-hmm. nature take its course. Um, and then you'll have to come back in and get um, your HCG tested. And as long as it's going back down to zero, we won't have to do anything else. So, yeah. um, you know, leaving that doctor's office and calling my, my best friend saying, hey, pray yeah. for me. I'm pregnant, but I'm losing the baby right now. Like they didn't even know. So that was difficult. And um, I went through early ones as well. Mm. Three of them that I know of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, So difficult, you know, and I didn't know his side of it until later on. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's like we were talking about this before the show, just the experiences of, of the wife and the husband how they're processing this trauma that, right. you know, you're physically going through it, but you know, your, your husband is yeah. through and it And the well. grief behind it. Cause we grieve differently. And so mm. I grieve outwardly and you yeah. can see, and he internalizes it more yeah. and not around shoves me. It, so shove it away. Yeah. yeah. For, in the beginning I thought, well, he's not even upset, you know, <laughs> and you don't know. And he made yeah. the yeah. comment. He's mm. like, you, and I, I hope this isn't too graphic, but he's like, you don't know what it's like to clean all the blood out of the, the car seat. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and that's when it hit me, like, yeah, he is processing it yeah. and grieving it. Yeah. Because he took care of all of that while I was upstairs. Yeah. Having a moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that was a year before we got pregnant with Kinsley. So the following year. Um, but that was one of the things that was also kind of a unique blessing in that we didn't, we've had friends that have struggled with the ability to have children. Oh, yeah. And, and that was not really a very long journey for us. Yeah. That, you know, in some ways there's sunshine behind the rain clouds. And, yeah. And we thought about that. At least I thought about we knew friends that had waited for years. years, and, years. And, and I say yeah. it was a year after yeah, that we it, got pregnant, but we didn't f- try. So yeah, it, wasn't, right, we it, wasn't, it was as yeah. soon as we made that decision, it was. Yeah, it, you were right. try, trying to enter but into even a that, of healing. You know, we even had, you know, some family members that were like, you know, we can't do that. You know, it doesn't happen that way for us. And so there was, you know, some blessing behind some of that, that it, well, it it's was rec- happening for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And it's a recognition. I think that's what a healing process mm-hmm. is, is recognizing other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it puts it into perspective of what you're going through, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's you know, we went through that, too, as well. You know, we had had a child previously, and I had secondary infertility. Mm-hmm. And so you, 25% of infertility Mm -hmm. is second child. Mm -hmm. And it just did not occur to us that it would be possible to not have another child, you know, totally different experience. And I, you know, I, my sister-in-law took five years to, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't think they'd have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, watching people go through a different scenario, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but they also don't, 
know what it is to have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't get pregnant, but there's a blessing on the other side of it. You're mm-hmm. not losing a child over and over and over again. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, so there's there's right. blessings through all right. of that. I know. I think at that point, too, when that happened, I was determined, you know, and probably even said, God, if I'm going to go through this, let there be a reason. Let me help yeah. somebody. So that's why I'm very open when I talk about things. And you should. That's wonderful. Um, because... It's, it's more prevalent now and more talked about now, but yeah. back, you know, 16 years ago when I was going through it, people didn't really talk much about it. Yeah. Or when you did, if I opened up and shared, then people say, oh, yeah, I have too. I yeah. have too. And then I'm like, okay. So yeah, you're opening there's a, a world for, out there yeah. that people don't know about. So I'm mm-hmm. always, you know, tell people I'm an open mm-hmm. book and I'm happy to share my experience because if I, I told God, if I'm going to go through something... We're going to work through this and we're going to make some good out of it because I'm not doing this for nothing. So Absolutely. But that's life. You know, yeah, you got to sure turn, turn those things around or else they consume you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but then you get pregnant with Kinsley and I imagine. Terrified. Because, yes. <laughs> yes. Terrified and watching the calendar. Okay. I, we made it this far. Yep. You know, which was, I remember being in, we were in Mississippi at friend's house mm-hmm. at the time and I'm thought, this is the exact time that things went downhill, yeah. so just panicked with that. So mm-hmm. really, I don't feel like I enjoyed my pregnancy much Yeah, because uh, I was just so worried yeah, it about is. it. It's a thing. But it, you know, I, I don't really know anything else, but I really, you know, my whole pregnancy, I look back and I think, gosh, you know, she was never really a mover. Yeah. You know, I didn't have like, oh, she's kicking me in the ribs or she's mm-hmm. doing gymnastics. It was yeah. just, so it was almost like I look back and I don't even have very many memories of being pregnant. I didn't have cravings. I didn't have morning sickness. Uh, you didn't want, you didn't want all the terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I yeah, did. Yeah, but see, I remember it way different. Yeah. Because. Oh, wow. She wanted, had fish filet was a oh, craving. Well, and that was a couple times. Different thing. But I remember. Yeah, not would remember when. at midnight right, and get it for when me. When Kinsley yeah, would be mm-hmm. moving and I could see her moving and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, well, again, like. It's a physical. It's different. Yes. I'm telling you, Nicole, it's you know, just different how you see and I know. process my, and remember. Um, my experience with my two children were very different. Mm-hmm. And um, my second, you know, we were fearful too because we kept losing yeah. kids and we did mm-hmm. the same thing where, um, you know, anything I did, my husband Kyle would be like, aren't you afraid? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, well, you know, we're in this process. Can't really do anything about yeah. it because I had a physical ailment that was causing mm-hmm. me to, to mm-hmm. miscarriage often. Mm-hmm. Um um, but yeah, you know, looking back on how different that experience was, but uh, she would actually like press so hard and kick so hard. She would bruise me from the inside out. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It was wild. And I'm like yeah. Googling it is like, is, cause I didn't do that with the first one, but she, yeah. we always joked she was trying to make a different exit point, which she did succeed in the end, yeah. you know, uh, right. and it did hurt as bad as you thought it would. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like between a husband and wife, like, scenarios it's so different yeah you know I will say too with being so scared from the first I remember early on you know trying to do everything right like I heated my, oh. I heated my lunch meat for oh, my yeah, sandwiches yeah, yeah. I avoided I Caesar <laughs> salad because it might have um the, yeah the, the anchovies, anchovies in it. Yeah. I mean stuff that now I'm like you gotta do it right yes. yeah yeah and yeah. and then you so realize like how did anybody things. survive right, right. before <laughs> did not exactly. drink any caffeine no, none of that. But I remember early on just praying and praying specifically for her brain. Oh, okay. And because I think from the first one where they said 
where they Brain said the baby um, had not developed mm-hmm. and that, you know, not compatible with life. So I'm, I'm really, really praying. And I'll get to this point in a, something that Brad said later on yeah, after yeah. we tell her story, but really just praying about her brain and the development and every just very detailed parts that I would pray, you know, mm-hmm. just help it to grow and to develop the right way like it should and just really poured over that Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll come back to that why that's a significant part but so really just praying um, for that and then I had a pretty normal pregnancy and I carried her uh, to 38 weeks Mm -hmm. and then we were in the middle of the night I woke up and felt like my stomach kind of felt funny and went to the bathroom and then came back and all of a sudden my water broke and you know Mm -hmm. people say oh your water breaks it's like gush of you know fluid blah 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 and Again, I hope this isn't graphic. No, no. Too graphic. I looked down on the floor and it's dark green. Oh, gosh. Mm. So I called my doctor and I was like, Freaking you know, out. something's going on. My yeah. stomach hurts. There's dark green stuff on the ground. Yeah. And she said, okay, um, you're 38 weeks. You know, get your bags. You know, you're mm. you're going to the hospital. You're not coming home. Yeah. And I don't, I think she told me it was meconium at the time, but I wasn't, I yeah, wasn't you weren't. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but you wouldn't have known anyway. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. yeah. There wouldn't have been an awareness. So um, we get to the hospital and, you know, they check to see and they're like, yeah, you're, you know, it, your water did break and we'll get you in a room. So they get us in a room and they hook me up to the monitors and they say um, there's low variability. Mm-hmm. Like when I guess when they hook hook you up, you know, for the baby's heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fluctuating. And um, we had called our family and our friends and um, they had got there really fast. It was like two o'clock in the morning, but our friends got there really fast. And I remember her being in the room with me, um, with Brad and I, and just telling my friend, like, I am terrified. Yeah. And I deal with anxiety anyways. And so I remember her telling, you know, that she's, she's got some anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, and they're like, honey, don't worry about her. We'll take care of that. Mm -hmm. So they really started to take care of me, uh, with that. And I just remember them saying, you know, we're going to have to do a C-section and get the baby. And I'm like, when? They're like, as soon as your doctor gets here. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So literally we came in at two and she was out by 3.52. Like Mm -hmm. that's how quick it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Brad got suited up and they took us in. and. Well, even before that, and Rebecca may not remember this, one, probably the hardest part for her, at least one of the most visible, was they they told her your your baby's in distress. Oh, yes, yeah. I forgot. They, they had they not said, said that before, so then we knew, well, something's not right. Yeah, yeah. And then at that, it became probably a blur for Rebecca. Well, I do remember them saying, your baby's in distress. This dark green is meconium. When we bring you in, we're going to have a team of respiratory therapists, mm-hmm. a team from the NICU. But again, they kind of just said... They did a good job this of being is, calm. Like yeah, they, yeah. they weren't. You didn't seem like it wasn't panicked. Panicked. It, yeah, it also they was like, kind of hey, like it happens, it happens sometimes. Yeah. That's why we bring mm-hmm. these people in. A lot yeah. of times they just pat the back, rub them, but suction they, them, but they didn't and they're know okay. The length of time they, no, didn't, they know didn't know any of the details. Yeah, yeah, so so again, I'm thinking, yeah. okay, you know, they just do the bulb a couple times yeah. and we're yeah. good to go. So they get us in and they get her out really quickly. And I remember Brad saying she's beautiful, but I never heard her cry. Yeah, and I'm like. And it's not registering to Brad that she hadn't cried, just that she's and beautiful. it's really well, yeah. not even registering to me because yeah, yeah. at that point I have so much drugs and drugs mm-hmm. in me. It, yeah. it did a little bit because when, when they were preparing her for me to carry her, they said, you don't need to stop to talk to anybody. Don't stop where you're going. I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. They go down this but, hallway. Okay, and- I'll, I'll just, I'll do it. 
and you know Rebecca was still in there and so when I'm walking family's taking pictures and all that I just remember thinking all right they said don't stop just walk to the door and that's when everything accelerated rapidly yeah so just um for the listeners just explain sort of really what happened like what you found out but really the technical term for what that means so mm-hmm. that people can kind of understand uh, what happened. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think we knew the APGAR scores or any of that until yeah. later. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we knew until we looked at our discharge papers, yeah. but basically she had a four APGAR, mm. which on a scale of, you know, zero to 10 is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and her chest was sunken in and, um, you know, I, I just know from looking back at pictures, yeah. luckily yeah, we it. gave a camera to a nurse. And so we have pictures from that. But, and then after the 10 minute mark, it just went up to a five. Yeah. So um, she went to the NICU, and um, they tried with just the bubble over her mm-hmm. yeah, know, yeah. to get her going. Um, and I remember, well, I remember from Brad telling me, but tell him about when everyone was looking through the window. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we, and I've shared this with you and other folks, but when, when I gave Kinsley to the doctor, they, they said, okay, we're going to know in two hours whether or not she, she survives yeah. and mm. just shut the door. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> You know, and so I, I love, they I love shut those the door. Moments, really. it, like, it really was. I mean, it, it's one of the clearest things so you'll hard. ever remember. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I remember walking to chapel and just praying. And I was thinking, gosh, I got to tell Rebecca Kinsley's dead before she even gets out of yeah. the C-section. Yeah. So I'm built more that way. It's not really. I'm not really a panicker from the perspective of yeah over emotional or anxious or anything like that so i was already processing how am i going to do this yeah and well, what's it going to look and like what, and to clarify what physically happened to her that caused this apparent yeah, damage this yeah. so be... um basically what they ended up telling us is that kinsley had suffered a stroke in utero mm-hmm. they estimate about two, two to, to four, four weeks. weeks before i had her gotcha mm-hmm. okay um after testing, uh, my my OB wanted me to get tested after we had her. Said, you know, you had a miscarriage before her. Then this happened. She had just come back from a conference linking a blood clot, linking blood clotting disorders mm-hmm. to reoccurring miscarriages. She said, I think I'd like to, you know, test you for that. Well, yeah. it took me months before I would actually get up enough courage to go do it because I thought, oh, it, I don't, I don't want to be the cause of this. Yeah. Mm. So I think she was about nine months before I went, and I tested positive for um, this crazy gene mutation called mthfr oh my i don't know if you've ever heard of it i didn't get these details brad you didn't let that out no that's her story it's part of her story yeah um and never heard of it it's this weird gene mutation and apparently i have two of the bad copies so i'm homozygous Mm, for it which makes me at high risk for blood clots Mm. stroke heart attack and all of that so Putting that information together with what they told us, yeah. we think either I passed a clot to her or she had a clot yeah. somehow the, yeah, that caused her to have a stroke. We can't pinpoint. Yeah. Um, but she, she did in utero, which caused her to be distressed, yeah. which caused her to poop inside. Yeah, death gate in the womb. And yeah. then mm-hmm. she, had, she aspirated the meconium, so yeah. her lungs were completely full of meconium. So when she was born, mm-hmm. um, she couldn't breathe because she was just yeah. filled with meconium. Yeah. But again... Before we knew the stroke part, yeah, we just knew the meconium. Let's yep. just go back to that. Yeah, we knew the meconium. They put her on a ventilator, one hundred percent oxygen, and they said, you know, her lungs are are full of meconium. We're going to give her the medicine. Uh, the, yeah. The, yeah. Um, antibiotic is for that. And um, so we did. And we thought, okay, this is good. She, you know, she just has some stuff in her lungs. You know, yeah. we'll get it out. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get it out, we're fine. And yeah. every day, Kinsley did great. She never... 
had a step back, a setback, any of that. Every day, you know, we would call down and they would say, oh, she did great. We turned the oxygen down to this. You know, we turned oh, wow. it down. So she and, was tracking in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five days later, you know, they took her off the ventilator. All that was fine. Still have no no clue. Well, they come to us and say, because she's in the, ner- in the NICU, NICU, we're going to do a routine ultrasound on her brain. Mm. This is just something we do with yeah. all NICU oh, babies. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fine. There you go. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So they did that, um, and it was the day that Brad had gone back to work. She was, you know, a couple days old. He had gone back to work. My mom was at the hospital with me. I was there pumping and bagging the milk and bringing it to the NICU for them to give it to her Um, because, again, I felt like I needed to do everything correctly. Oh, I know. No, I I had a similar experience. And we had to give that liquid gold, you know, so Uh I was doing that, and the neonatologist nonchalantly says, well, we got the information back from the ultrasound. He hops up on the on the desk like it's no big deal gets out paper and starts to draw he's like well we found some echogenicity on our brain and what that means we really don't know it could be a brain bleed it could be damage it could be fluid you know that could be reabsorbed all of this could be reabsorbed we're not really sure Mm -hmm. so we're going to do an mri and i'm like what yes and i lost it Mm -hmm. Um, my mom and i went to the car in the parking garage and just bawled called Mm -hmm. him I don't know what your perspective at that point was. I was just in shock. Uh-huh. And and where were you in the hospital? Were you in the hospital still or she had was, you gone home? I was still. She was no. back and forth. Because you were there for. I think at that point I was already home. I think she had but just I was left. Coming, coming back. back. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we, yeah. we were already going. Um, so I had come back and to spend the day yeah. whatever with mm-hmm. her. And so called him and was like, you need to get here now. Mm. And this is before we knew the stroke or anything. We just thought, so we're like, okay, you know, he said, could be whatever. It will be resolved. We were praying. You know, we know that our God heals. Miracles happen. I remember being a little worried. But not. But not. Mm. Because in my mind, it's going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to blow these doctors away when they do the MRI. And they're like, we don't see anything. I don't know what they were talking about. That, at least that's what I felt. Yeah, you you wanted to believe that that was the outcome. That would be so the So I wasn't really too scared about that. Do you do you remember? Yeah, I mean, b- bits and pieces of it. I'm, but it's it's probably different perspectives. I remember going in. I, we more so remember the conversation when we said, here's what's going on. Because the, the step back from that that we found out was – you know, you talk about Providence again. The doctor later told Rebecca's water had no reason to break. Oh, the, wow. There was no physical reason for it to break. It just at that time. You know, at that time, oh, wow. it, it and they had shared. You know, if Kinsley had stayed in there another twenty four hours, thirty six hours, she would have yeah. been dead. Yeah. she would have died. Yeah. So that's all blessing. Like yeah, that's yeah. all Providence. You mm-hmm. know, to me that that happened. And so when we went back for that, okay. I just you know remember the conversation with the doctor saying, "Yeah, there's definitely." This is what happened. Had the the pie shaped piece well, of the so brain couple, and all those. That I mean, I remember all with that with the ultrasound. So yeah. a couple days later, Brad and I are driving in together, and uh, the neonatologist calls again, and says, or she had the MRI. The neonatologist calls again and says, you know, we got we got the MRI results back, and he starts to say, I don't even remember. I just remember him saying, it's really bad. It's like a whole pie shaped portion of our brain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. part on the right side or part. On the left side, part on the right side, because Mm -hmm. it's so severe, she's at high risk for everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
remember in the car, and I'm like, everything? What does that mean? He's mm-hmm. like, well, CP- what is CP? Yeah, you, yeah. you should. Again, seizures, like the, the, all of this. The learning curve is really mm-hmm. uh, the most difficult thing to, because that's yeah. a very similar part of our experience, yeah. too, is that, well, you know, the these medical physicians, like, they know about and it, no, and they just so sort of. nonchalant. I know, yeah. When they, when our my daughter was diagnosed, she was like, well, she's got cerebral palsy, and I'm like, Got any questions? Yeah. Uh, don't yes. even know where to start. Yeah. Come back to you in a couple of weeks when right. I figure out. Well, and he right. even said Gosh. to us, I'm like, uh, we're almost to the hospital. He's like, oh, I didn't know. You know, you're almost, I would have waited to tell you. And so we just get there. I don't even know. I, at this point, I don't think I even knew a stroke. I Brad knew a stroke from another neonatologist who was much more gentle. Yeah. And talked to Brad and my yeah. mom and explained um Again, one memory, too, that I have, um, while I was still on the gurney, they wheeled me into the NICU. Yeah. I was out of it, but I remember them saying, this is your daughter. She's in the NICU. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I'm still like, oh. yeah, yeah. This was after surgery. After right the after surgery. Yeah, this yeah. was. And I remember day. thinking yeah. later. Yeah. I don't think they do that. Yeah. Unless they don't think your child is going to survive, yeah. well, they, they, they were giving me a chance that's to why see they did me. It. Yeah, yeah. Because they told us, they told me that that later. Yeah, she may not make the night. Yeah. So they bring Rebecca in, and she was out of it. I mean, I was watching her. She, you yeah, know, she drug. You know, she had. No, just, I, I don't know. I and, cry. Well, I like couldn't, couldn't see. I was just like yeah. freaking out for hours. Her, I had no idea how long it was. Her until, distress level yeah. was pretty high because we couldn't. Probably for the first four days, they wouldn't let us touch her because if her mm-hmm. heart accelerated, mm-hmm. it, it could have killed her. Yeah, and yeah. People don't know that so, part, so we yeah. just had to watch her lay there, and we couldn't, we couldn't touch her, comfort yeah. her, or anything like I that. I remember yeah. thinking, yeah. oh, too. she's the big baby in the nursery. She's six pounds two ounces, and the little baby next to her was one pound thirteen yeah. ounces in yeah. the isolate that you had to stick your hands. Yeah. in. I'm like, Kinsley's, you know, just on this little thing out in the open. Yeah. They yeah. said because she's more severe, mm-hmm. like yeah. she's out in the open, so that we can get to her. Yeah, this isolate that you're seeing is a step down yeah, yeah. and I had no idea that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no idea and like you said we couldn't when we did get to touch her the first time it was on her head on her rear end yeah. that was it don't was move it. don't don't, yeah, don't stimulate her, her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so it was days before I ever even got to hold her mm. yeah. Um, yeah but again this whole time she's doing great she comes mm-hmm. off the ventilator yeah. she never has a setback um, when it comes time to feed her you know, she takes the bottle and oh, she wow. starts drinking and she can suck, swallow and breathe all yeah. at the same time. And we're like, OK, yeah, mm-hmm. this is great. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking none of those things they said are going to happen. You know, this yeah. is so basically we were there 10 days and then they're like, well, you're gone. See oh, you later. Gosh. All wow. this basically. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, I look back and I look back now and think for the amount of damage that she had. Yeah. To be. Oh, wow. And when I mm-hmm. hear friends. You know, my friend's stories whose children are not as involved medically as Kinsley is had way longer stays yeah. than we did, I think. It is amazing and a miracle yeah. that she came out we, so quickly. Yeah, we stayed for 30 days, and the only reason why we got to come home is because we had a gastric tube inserted because she could not eat on her yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we would have stayed longer had it been different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my goodness. That's um, amazing, though, because you mm-hmm. can get to another uh, stage in that that experience yeah. to be home is a yeah. big deal. She came home on my birthday. Oh, yes, wow. It was Brad's birthday. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. So that was cool. Right. Yes. Yeah. That so, was great. Yeah. yeah. We basically, you know, they had said a stroke has happened. She's got massive damage to the whole left side mm-hmm. of her brain, part of the right side. The damage is so extensive. 
she is at high risk for cerebral palsy, epilepsy. I mean, anything, mm-hmm. you name it, she was at risk for. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, that's it. We go home and I'm thinking, Lord, I don't even know how to take it. This is my first yeah. child. I don't even know how to take a regular child. What Let am I going to do here? Well, but even a lot of your postpartum journey was tied into those questions too about oh, yeah. how to... How do we do? So yeah, how do put, we do this? If and, you don't have kids, like just for a listener that doesn't have children, you know, my first child, I think uh, my postpartum four weeks was a state of emotional distress because I had no freaking clue what I was mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. I just was stressed and upset, and and I'd Google it. I'm like, it's normal to cry. I'm like, Kyle, Google is telling me it's okay. I'm supposed to cry like this, like nonsensically. But I think you know, to my second one that was like, you know, after all this, yeah. you know, miscarriage and all the all the other stress, and I'm like, yeah. I had to do this on the first one. Oh my goodness! Right. Like that times a trillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I will say, um, you know, and being someone who suffers with anxiety and depression to oh, begin with, goodness. it really set in, um, and it set in bad. And luckily, I had friends from my church who were there, um, you know, daily. Yeah, I was going to ask, what was your support system? Daily. I, well, my mom was there for a little while, and then my mom had to leave and go back to Florida. Florida. I remember when yeah. my mom left, like. I literally felt like my heart had been ripped out of me. Like, literally, I could Mm. feel that pain. Yeah. And, you know, then I'm left, you know, Brad's having to go back to work, and um, I don't know what to do. I don't know how much to feed a baby. Yeah. I don't know what to do. You know, all of this. And I really. This is killing me that they didn't give you much. I mean, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that was. I got, we got the opposite. It was like, you will feed them. Again, she was on a gastric tube. Mm -hmm. Like They were like, she's going to die if you don't feed her. So they gave me a lot of instructions, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit more than I probably needed. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Like, based on our experiences, my gosh. So my my postpartum hit pretty bad. Um, My friends would come over and they would bring me food and say, you have to eat. Yeah. And they would, you know, I have a friend who says, I can remember coming and holding Kinsley because yeah. you you physically couldn't. Yeah. I part of my anxiety was as soon as I would hear her cry in the morning, it would start because I knew my day had started and I was going to have to go face all of my fears. Oh my goodness. And yeah. literally um so I would avoid I didn't want to even see her. So at a time when you should be in yes. so happy and so ex- and I was that we had a child but I was mm-hmm. so scared that I really missed out on those early stages. Yeah, and and Again, like somebody that doesn't go through this trauma doesn't understand every person processes this so incredibly different. You know, for me, like even when we were still in NICU, I had these moments where I I was really upset that they were going to put her name. They do this wonderful tradition where they decorate the door of a child in NICU. Mm-hmm. I was really upset that they were going to decorate her door because it meant she was here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, then... Like, we're here for a long time, but then I didn't want to go home because then I had to be Mm -hmm. faced with the reality of Mm -hmm. I had all the monitors and the pumps and, like, we had, you know, more medical equipment um, that then I had to deal with, like, a daily incision in her stomach, like, that I'm not a doctor. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to deal with that. Um, Yeah, just, like, and to talk to my husband and Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, hey, Nick, you know, maybe think of this a little differently, but in your trauma, you're like, Uh, like these certain things sort of trigger you and you don't really know until you're in it. 
And then every day is just a compounding because yeah. we were in uh, in the middle of COVID when this happened for yeah, us. That's right. So we were. I was totally on my own. Yeah. My husband couldn't be in the hospital with me. Yeah, that's yeah. Like nobody could come help. Nobody mm-hmm. came to our house. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. brought meals. Nobody came visited. Um, you know, we had some weird things like we'd ask uh, family members, "Hey, you know, can you try to do something for our oldest daughter because mm-hmm. she's not handling this well? Mommy's yeah. gone." So they would send well, one family member, friend, friend. Fr- actually sent us correspondence paper, Mm -hmm. one for her and one for me, and we could Mm -hmm. write each other in the Mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. Like, so that was it. It was just at a distance. So, you know, but um, having gone through that, obviously different times and uh, experiences and different people, uh, it's hard to put that through a translator for someone that's never experienced that type of trauma. It is a journey Mm -hmm. and it is so different for every Mm -hmm. single person, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a mom that has all those hormones going you know, so I feel yeah. like I was left at home to sit there and battle my mind. Yeah. Really, every day. Will she walk? Yeah. Will she talk? Mm-hmm. Will she go to school? Yeah. Will she get married? What does life look? Will like? Will she ever yeah. move out? And literally every day, those thoughts just haunted me. Over overwhelmed by. When them, is yeah. somebody going to be home? When is Brad going to be home from work? When, what do I do with her all day? Yeah. If I don't do the right thing, it's going to hurt her. Yeah. She's not going to have the best chance. You know, I have to do everything correctly. And I remember, you know, you subscribed to all those babycenter.com yeah, yeah. and all these. Your child is three week, four weeks old and should be doing, doing this. this. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. So I let that go for a little bit and I'm like, I've got to unsubscribe. Subscribe. Yeah, don't. Because I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. This is not Kinsley. And outwardly, she looked fine. Yeah, yeah. And as a baby and... When she came home health-wise and from then on, yeah. she's been great. She's yeah. so Medically, healthy, yeah. she's so healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would not know. And so in the early stages, it was almost easier because I could pass it off as she's a baby. Yeah, yeah. That nobody nobody knows. notices. Nobody yes. knows because yeah, she's we a got baby. That a lot too. She looks normal. She looks fine. She yeah. looks fine. I got that a lot too. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really the, the early stages and basically, you know, getting through that I did my friend was with me um one time and she's like you've got to call your doctor and you've got to get on some anxiety medicine oh my goodness and uh, we happened to go to the same doctor so she literally called for me and said I am here with her she is not doing well You've got to prescribe something. I, I love somebody showing up for you and yes. just saying, let me tell you what you Yes. <laughs> Sometimes and you need that. I couldn't yeah? make any decisions at all. Oh, my goodness. So, um, you know, and, and it took me a while to come to come through, probably a good six months to come through that. Um, and then, you know, I still struggled. But for the most part, I was, you know, I was better. Um, and so to go back to, because uh, I think this is a really neat point and different perspective to go back when I said I prayed specifically for her brain I I don't remember when or how old Kinsley was when we had this conversation but you know just going back and forth usually on his birthday we unfortunately don't you know oh celebrate his birthday and oh this is great it's always the day Kinsley came home oh yeah and so usually we talk about when she came home and what happened and all that reminiscing yes Mm -hmm. yeah and I remember telling him you know gosh I prayed so specifically for her brain you know yeah and just just really specifically and for this to happen and I will never forget he said to me what if you hadn't prayed that yes. specifically for her brain yeah would she have survived that yeah and what are yeah uh, especially when you were talking about you know you had a spontaneous um, you know 
birth. There was really no reason why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there mm-hmm. is purpose in, in this destructive feature. Sure. Yes. You know, and you look back, I mean, we had some similar things. Like uh, we picked my daughter's name, you know, when, you know, we're pregnant with her. Mm-hmm. I had no, we like family names or things connected to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cosette is her name. And um, I looked up meanings. I like meanings. And uh, one of the original meanings of Cosette was victorious. Yeah. But then it is, it's in Les Mis, it's mostly mm-hmm. well-known for that, and it became little things. So victorious little thing. Well, we mm-hmm. had tried so hard to have mm-hmm. a baby, you know, miscarriages. She's already victorious. And, yeah. um, you know, we're in NICU, and she's in the incubator. I couldn't hold her either. I could touch her, though. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the, that intensive experience. But I just remember just sobbing over her victorious little one, mm-hmm. victorious little one. You will go by the Cosette and in a medical realm so that any doctor that speaks your name they are saying a blessing of victory over Mm -hmm. you whether they believe in God or not and I was just like oh God is so good you know and you look back and you can only look back on those things uh Retrospectively, yeah. when you're same, in it, not so much. Yeah. Kind yeah. of sure. the same thing with us too. Kinsley's middle name is Faith, and oh, that's kind man. of become our, you know, life verse. You know, for Kinsley and and just the whole faith. And like you said, you know, they'll speak her name over that. Every yeah. paper that I fill out, I always write her full name out. Yes. Kinsley Faith. Faith. It's never Kinsley F. Mm-hmm. I write it out because I want everyone, everyone to, to see. see it. Yes. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's like, I'm not the crazy one that does <laughs> yeah. yes. No, I write it. I'm, it's well, never Kinsley. I'm, it's Kinsley well, Faith. And everyone is her knows. middle name, too. So her first name is Elise, which is a family name, French yeah. for Alice. So, yeah, we we did the middle one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, so there's a uh, there's this point in the story, you know, you've, you're definitely in the response phase. Mm-hmm. And, again, for people that aren't aware of what CP is, uh, cerebral palsy is... Um, the body's response to brain damage, uh, it's as unique as the person itself. Um, you could have two people that have CP that look totally different, sure. totally mm-hmm. different. Um, you know, I have a really close friend. She had epilepsy. She has CP. Um, she never had feeding issues. She never had, you know, like her story is so different for cassettes and Kinsley's mm-hmm. so different than cassettes and mm-hmm. hers. You know, any person I've ever met, some people are in wheelchairs, some people are walking, some people, you know. Yeah. So um, it's just a body's response to that damage. Right. And um, the physicians... Uh, <laughs> obviously have uh some of them have issues with how they present this too Mm -hmm. because in your ignorance you have no idea the first time we heard cp was actually uh you know we had google so Mm -hmm. we're like googling in the hospital why she can't feed herself why she's look acting erratic why she's her eyes are rolling why is Mm -hmm. she doing all these crazy things cp came up but i was like it can't be that that. it can't possibly be that because i you know we had Mm -hmm. sort of a similar uh um well she's and the neurologists keep asking, like, is this per her behavior in utero? I, that stuck with me a lot. Is this per her behavior in utero? Is this, you know, I was like, not a person in utero, but, yeah. you know, she had behaviors and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you come through this and you're processing your trauma, but you're going through it day by day with Kinsley and just marking her progress mm-hmm. or a lack of progress. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know what the outcomes are in the sense of what that particular CP case is. A physician can tell you what's going to be the outcome. Like they were saying, mm-hmm. you know, she's high risk for all these things. You don't know. Right. You have an educated guess. So let Kinsley tell you what mm-hmm. this is going to mean. Actually, right. God. But I Kinsley was going to say, too. also, sure. too, yeah. with the physicians, you're going by science. Yeah. And we're going by what God can do. And now yeah. there are some physicians who... 
you know, know that too. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, they present you with the scientific facts. Now, I don't remember them actually saying she has, you know, they said she's going to be at risk, but we didn't really get that diagnosis per se verbally. Yeah. So I remember being at the orthopedic, well, okay, so at, at nine months... Yeah. Um, nine months old, we basically see she has a leg length discrepancy. Okay. Tell her pediatrician. He's like, oh, yeah, I think it's just leg length. We'll send you in. Yeah. Long story short, she had hip dysplasia. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we were So at nine months, too. she had surgery on her hip um, to put, put the hip back in socket. Yeah. Um, had to wear a spica cast and all that. Well, I remember um, when, when she got out, you know, the orthopedist wanted her to wear AFOs, which are ankle yep. foot orthotics. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing on the slip to get them diagnosis CP. Well, in my mind, I knew she was textbook. Yeah, I knew yeah. she had it, but I had never seen it on Written paper. Mm. And so I remember, again, I was with my friend because when we went to the orthopedist, we didn't think. He, yeah. Our pediatrician just said leg length. So I yeah. didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Had no idea about hip dysplasia or yeah, any of that. Yeah, yeah. So she just, oh, I'll come with you, you know. Yeah. So she said to the nurse, what is this CP here? You know, nobody's ever told her that. And I remember the nurse just being like, listen, that's that's a very broad term. Yes. And they don't tell you that either. No. No. And so I'm glad that she told – they're like, it could – you know, it's a very broad term. So, um, you know, that was kind of another shock along the line. (laughs) But that's also the difference – and you speak of your husband. That's the difference between Rebecca and I is she has to know the whys and yes. the yeah. what's that mean and tell me. And yeah. that's not me. Yeah. And well, so and we, it's, for your, it's for your child, that nurturing yeah, aspect. Yeah. You just can't turn it off. That's right. No. And, and so as we've had these conversations, it's it's she has to know, well, why did that happen? And, and I've never... I've never questioned that mm. about Kinsley's journey per se is, well, why us? I may have even said it to you when we were first talking yeah. when we, you know, we'll hear somebody or they'll say, my child has CP. And I'm like, what happened? Yeah. What, how did you yeah. get to that point? Yeah. How like, did, how did we arrive? It? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you don't just yeah. have CP. Yeah. Like something causes that. Yes. So I need to know. But see, I would say, well, so does my dog. See, it, it's yeah. a different, it's, mine would be to let them know, hey, we're together. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. We have Rebecca's it. is more, well, tell me why. Like, yeah. Tell me your story because here's my story. And, and so I'm it's just you. different how I'm we process. I'm with you, process. but I'm like, yeah. you know. It's just it's completely different yeah. how we pro- And But we're built that way. I'm well, all of balance. my emotions. Well, that's a balance. You guys have that in your, in your marriage. Yes, that's and that's wonderful. where I was going was it's, it's I need Rebecca to be her who she that's who she is because mm-hmm. I'm not built that way yeah and so they're even with folks that I work with I tell them don't change who you are because I'm a different way yeah and I've never what's been... funny is we've we're actually completely different when it comes to Kinsley in everyday life I worry about everything and he's like oh it's no big deal yeah we're gonna when it comes to Kinsley <laughs> He worries. Implicitly. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I openly, (laughs) I share that with, you know, even people I work with. It, it, my, all of my emotions are in one space. Yeah. So when I'm unemotional about other things, people are like, do you not care about stuff? No, it's just all of my emotions are in one person. Yeah, yeah. So I dump everything into that. And Rebecca's much better than me about. That this happened, he's like. It doesn't change Kinsley's situation. Yeah. yeah. Everything goes back to that. And, and, yeah. and I'll even, even when we're at home, I'll still, well, did you give Kinsley your medicine? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he, did you he not gets do it at eight? Did you do this? Yeah. It's Kinsley. Like everything else, I don't worry. It's just um, Brad, like, whatever. you weren't here. Mind your business. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and she's I've like, what do you think? To, I was like, well, I need to know. I've managed to keep her safe for 15 years. Yeah. I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it is. She's I, right. We are. I call it a demedicalization process. Like, I don't know. I like. You, I, you may have gone through that emotionally where I, I went through a point where we had measured everything so detailed mm-hmm. really early where I told myself that I had to have a point in which I had to demedicalize what this looks like mm-hmm. so that I didn't keep carrying all those numbers that I wasn't mm-hmm. quite doing enough. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't yeah. doing my part like to check the boxes mm-hmm. that it's in control of God yeah. and more yeah. so than in the medical professionals or myself as a caregiver. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever marked that, but that was that's something went, and maybe it's because we went through the yeah. being the day to day care. Yes, this kind of day to day care. This goes along with what you're saying, um, and I'm glad you said that. I remember praying for Kinsley one morning, and um, you know, God, just whatever your will for her life be, but, but, mm-hmm. um, well, not the one morning, but normally that's what my prayers were. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever your will is, as long as she's going to walk, whatever your will is, as long as she's going to talk, whatever, as long as she doesn't end up in a wheelchair. And one morning I remember, you know, early on just being like, all right, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Yeah. And I, you know, with my anxiety, I like to be in control and to know what's happened. I don't like surprises. I don't like change. And this just rocked my world. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am out of control. I Mm. cannot do this. I have to fully surrender her to you without any disclaimers underneath. And yeah. I've given my testimony at church before and, and told them, you know, I had this little asterisk down at the bottom Always. with the tiny print, you know. Yeah. And so the the one day I prayed, I'm like, all right, it's whatever, even if she doesn't walk. And it pained me to say that. Yeah. Because as a mother, who would want to say, I'm going to be okay if my child doesn't walk. I'm going to be yeah. okay if they're in a wheelchair. I'm going to be okay yeah. if they're nonverbal. I'm going to be okay if... Yeah. It pained me. But I, and I said to God, I said, whatever your will is, I'm telling you right now, I'm not good with it. Yes. I'm not happy. I said, I'm not happy. I'm not good with it. And I can't handle it, honestly. With mm-hmm. anxiety, it is going to make my anxiety just go into it. Yeah. Just, we a call it storm. expectations of the death of joy. I've lived by this. You know, it's reasonable to believe you can get pre- pregnant after having a child. Expectations yeah. can be reasonable expectations, but. They're, they kill you. They mm-hmm. they rob you of joy. You know, maybe my child, I, you you know, I have a child, but maybe she doesn't X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and I'm it robs you of joy. And so yeah. there, that was that moment in which you recognize that yeah. you're being robbed of joy because yeah. she wasn't, maybe she's not going to meet that expectation yeah. that the world says she should. And and I, you know. I really yeah. learned that it's okay to tell God, hey, I'm not okay with it. Or give a middle finger. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there, I like I've that. called friends and said, I cuss God. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I think he wants to know, I mean, he yeah, does know. That's a surrendering moment. Yes. yes. He knows, mm-hmm. but he wants to know that I recognize that. Yeah. And when I did, I said, I'm not okay with it. You're going to have to make me okay. be okay yeah. with that. And from that day forward, and it's mm. a continuous progress, yeah. you know, he is making me okay with this. I'm learning to see this is exactly, uh, you know, where she's supposed to be. And I, I do have to mention this, um, song that somebody had written and I, I always tell people about it unfortunately it was for another special needs child that had passed away oh, no. and I didn't know this child 
I don't even, I may have met the mother once, but we were connected. We had the same physical therapist. Okay. And you know, like when you're in this world together, like yeah. it doesn't matter when you hear of something, you jump to it. And yeah. so I'm like, I got to go to this funeral. I yeah. got to support oh, this mom. Man, yeah. So I go to this funeral and a family friend had written a song for her daughter and she was nonverbal and wheelchair and CP and all this stuff. And I will never forget this. And I wish I knew who the guy was that wrote the song because it needs to be yeah produced but the song said you know talking about the girl it said i may be the miracle that everyone seems to think i need oh man and when i heard that i just was like that's it yeah the world sees that a miracle needs to be made you know she needs a miracle so she can walk she needs a miracle yeah. so she can talk she needs a miracle to get out of those diapers yeah but she is the miracle that God placed here for a reason, reason and for a purpose. And to break free of that standard of what value is derived from. We were talking sure. about that before. Uh, that, you know, no we, we have this expectation that, especially as Americans, I talk about this a lot on this this podcast, uh, struggle is something that we as culturally really, really, really run mm-hmm. from. You know, our pursuit of um, ease and normalcy is our a deep, deep dis. Um, hurt yeah. because when it does come out that you do have a scenario in which struggle comes it's harder to to sort of see past that Mm because it's not our everyday right and that's what we're striving to be behind be be beyond but really what I wanted to encourage uh, people by Kinsley and Cosette's story and us as parents in this scenario is that you know struggle happens yeah and it's hurt and it's a process. You're in it every single day. And your highs are like, your lows are really lows in parents of kids with disability, but our highs are really high. Yeah. You know, we understand something that transcends a lot of parents' such, um, experiences mm-hmm. because we know that at the end, Kinsley has worth beyond just what she does for the mm-hmm. world. And uh, as far as physically, um, her the way she contributes to the world is, is something deeper. Yeah. And there's so much joy. There's mm-hmm. purpose in that. And that that's where I want to sort of, I was trying to get to this point yeah. so I can sort of take a left turn into really what what purpose came out of yeah. Kinsley's life. You know, as a mom, you were talking about, you know, you can go and experience these moments with other moms and, and fathers that are experiencing mm-hmm. something similar and you can you know, worship with them and do life with them and have a community with them. But Brad ended up finding sort of a different avenue too. Mm-hmm. like there. And he wasn't in the space always. It was something that came about only a few years ago. Right. So oddly enough, and I don't know if you knew this, but I knew Brad, what he did in a career before this, because he worked with my mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she, they weren't overly connected. Yeah. She was a secretary serving and making everything work yeah. typically on the mm-hmm. largely on the invisible side yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they were connected at some point but were like huh, I, I feel like I know yeah. his face you know it's like yeah yeah so, I'm, um, so he wasn't in his role that he is right now you were in the healthcare space mm-hmm. right yeah so um, sort of tell a bit of your career like Kinsley's now almost 16 yeah. mm-hmm. right yeah. so mm-hmm. we're up to this point in which we've been a few years through this birth experience mm-hmm. that you know Brad's working in health care and you are a health care giver you know mm-hmm. to yeah. Kinsley every day that's very important to you know, put as my job like on Facebook I listed it I am 
I'm a chef. I'm a wardrobe consultant. Oh, I love it. A nurse, a doctor, a teacher, a therapist. Yeah, like, it's very multifaceted. I have very many jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, but he ended up trying to. He he was in the lesser role at this point, working in healthcare. Um, and then something just sort of laid, landed in your lap, didn't it? Yeah, it's it's. But see, I've, I tell people all that time. You know, I don't believe in chance Mm-mm. or coincidence. I I believe in divine appointment and providence and. You know, as I was working, I had a great company. I mean, the company was at with HealthStream was phenomenal mm-hmm. for us, and and that was a big conversation piece because it provided stability for Rebecca through benefits. And yeah. if Entrance. you leave this, Entrance. then Kinsley, yeah. what is the impact on Kinsley? Which mm. is completely understandable, but. Yeah, when you know, almost when, to the point of I don't care if you like your job, if the insurance, insurance is, is good, good yeah. which wasn't the case with Hellstream, yeah, but yeah. Right. you know, we had 11 years of very good security. Good, we've always been blessed to have good insurance to where we did not have to pay a lot out of pocket, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it worked for what Kinsley needed and all that stuff, but yeah, I mean, as as the governor's race, you know, started to take shape. I was already involved locally in politics in Rutherford County. And, that's, and we're in Tennessee. We're in Tennessee, yeah. that's right. And and that's been a passion of mine since as far back as I can remember, just enjoying public service and policy discussions and things like that. And, um, you know, as we started to see that there was going to be a new governor and who that was going to be and, and someone I was connected with, that conversation just kind of started to happen really early on. Would you be interested in working with us and all these things? But it never told me what it was for. Yeah. And so I really, to your point, Nicole, I didn't know what it was, what any opportunity was going to look like until about two weeks before inauguration, they called me and said, would you, would you come, you know, here, here's the part that's important that you need to know. And I want your audience to know from a faith-based perspective, the day before I got the phone call, there was a young man that I'm very good friends with who uh, has a diagnosis of cerebral palsy that was going to actually preach his first sermon. Oh, wow. And he called me and he said, would you come support me because it's the first time I've ever done this? And yeah. I was like, sure. And so um, that Sunday night I went and it was raining and cold. And I remember telling her back, I don't, it's going to be bad roads and I don't know if I should go out here because it's just nasty. But I ended up going and, and supporting him, and, and he had started out his sermon by saying, okay, everybody in this room, it's a new year for students, new semester. Um, I want you to, to kind of put out a prayer request about uh, what you want God to do in your life in, in 2019. And so I was kind of in my group, didn't know the people. I said, look, I, I'm, my prayer is that he opens the right doors for me to walk through, and he closes the doors that I don't need to walk yeah. through. Mm. And didn't even think about it. <laughs> The next day when I am I get a text message. Beware be of what you proclaim, right? Now. That's also, right. I also, mean, I have to interject. He said, I'm going to go work for the governor. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I valued, you know, him <laughs> yeah. as I supported him and, and you know, and, and made a lot of good connections through that. And yeah. as we were doing that, I didn't think about it until the next day, the day after that, that Tuesday, driving over to talk to them in my interview, like, you remember what you're your prayer request was, I was thinking, well, there's no way this is happening like this, you know? Yeah. So I get there and do talk through that and all that. Anyway, what, what's important about it was they told me in the meeting and they didn't, a couple of people in the meeting didn't, in the interview did not know that I had a daughter with disabilities. Oh yeah. And I told them that and they just went blank on their face. Like we, we didn't know that. And I was like, well, now it's really making sense why I'm here yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we get through the week and, and, I, they offer it to me and well, and, and explain what the role is. Yeah, though. so yeah. 
the 10 years ago, 12 years ago, they created a Department of Intellectual Development of Disabilities in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. It's a cabinet-level position that was historically housed under another department. Mm-hmm. But they made this a standalone department about 12 years ago. And so I'm now the third commissioner for the Department of Intellectual Development of Disabilities. And it, it's unequivocally a God thing and a, a, a way that providence always reveals itself at the right yeah. time. Because even the folks that I work with see things that we're doing and are aware of things. And just the authority that I can speak to to parents yeah. and the stakeholders to say, look, I'm I'm living this. Yeah. I, I'm not working in this space. I'm living I, in this I, space. And actually, I, I think I told you this before. I had seen your face prior to this because mm-hmm. of my experience of getting into this process yep. as a parent. Yep. Yep. And I had I'd gotten on this um I don't know, one of your WebEx things yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, here he is. Like, I've got a daughter with a cerebral palsy. I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, it's cool. And then yeah. we ended up being friends. I thought right. it was funny. <laughs> right, because Chris, yeah. one of our mutual friends, introduced us yeah, and said, yeah. I think you guys need to know each other. And this was either as you were going through your journey yeah. or right after or right before. I mean, it was really close to, to yeah, when we connected. Had, yes, yeah, and having, was in the thick of things. Yeah, and, and yeah. so it was, again, I mean, all of those things, I think God weaves you know, things together for people to find that right support structure. Yeah. And so and I, I never met your wife before, but mm-hmm. understand you had a big impact on a lot of the conversations we had um, in my experience that I was going oh, through yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I remember when he met you all, he's like, I just met I came, this new couple and we're, we're going to be I friends. Came home yeah, and yes. I we're going to have you, to go to dinner. Got, yeah. We've got to get with these guys yeah. and, and created just that natural community that, we're the, so glad we have, yes. but nobody wants to go to no. it yeah. voluntarily. It's not, it's not like, yeah, you know, like sign me up for that. Yeah. So some, yeah. A friend of mine yesterday had said um, she was in Bible uh, like uh, class or yeah. something like that. And a friend of theirs had a similar situation with their daughter. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's like, not like I was praying for this. Sign me yeah, up for it. Right. And, and as That's a parent, right. but also for your for your kid, too. Right. Like, I don't want my kid to really suffer. It's, right. Um, but again, like when you go through it, you understand a transcendent moment right. in which, yeah, you don't want to suffer through this stuff, but you understand how much more impactful life is with a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So, and Kinsley had a lot of purpose that was driven in your personal life, but it came out in a work environment that's too, right. that you could speak into people like that are going that's through right. what I, I you And know. for me, Nicole, it was very much like the first 12 years before I got this job with Kinsley, that was, that was my wilderness moment. Like oh, yeah. I had to be in the desert in order to provide. to be ready yeah, to yeah. do mm-hmm. this job, and I had to go through that to mm-hmm. be able to have that conversation, be able to lead people the right way. Because a lot of the questions with a lot of the folks that provide our services, I ask them one question off the top: Is this going to help Kinsley and her friends? Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. how we lead with these conversations, and then they create strategy sometimes around that. But well, it's but it helps other people. Yeah, and it speaks through the experience gives an enlightening moment when sure. you're trying to create services mm-hmm. that have to be so uniquely specific right. to each individual mm-hmm. person. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, like we were just saying, Cosette is so different than Kinsley. Yeah. And it, it didn't even matter if the exact same scenario sort of unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be different because every mm-hmm. single outcome is different for every single person. Right. So when you're trying to apply services um, blanketly to something that's very unique, it's important that we have somebody that has that life experience yeah. Yeah. where you say you go home and you have to deal with the care of Kinsley, where mm-hmm. your coworkers don't understand what it is to go home and experience that. Sure. Like trying to explain like, you know, my daughter 
stops breathing all the time. The yeah. first full, full year, she stopped yeah. breathing like four times a day. Yeah. You know, how stress, you know, your kid choked once, you know, yeah. you see how stressful that was? That's yeah. the everyday, right? Sure. And you know, like for me, I know what that stress, you guys know what that stress feels like. And so when you're speaking into a service and yeah. creating a service for people, you speak from that position of stress. Like, right. you know what it feels like. I remember early that. on at an event that Brad had attended with parents. Um, it was at a hotel, and I remember him coming home and telling me the story. He was, you were talking to a family. I don't. I think their child was with them right at the time, and they said, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, he's having a seizure or something." And Brad's like, "I know." And he was like, "My daughter does too." And they're like, "What? Your yeah. daughter yeah. has seizures?" Yeah. yeah. And he was like, "Yeah." Yeah. And just that moment of you know, mm. and I think for parents too, when they find that out, um, it's almost like he understands. Yeah. Well, and you go out in public, and uh, people sort of circle you in these like uh, on, as an outsider sort mm-hmm. of experience. Like they can look in and they can appreciate. You know, my my daughter's in a walker, and so she's really tiny, and mm-hmm. she's in this little walker. And actually, people will record her on the street because it's such a peculiar thing to see such yeah. a small person and yeah. such a mm-hmm. contraption they don't see yeah. but my oldest daughter gets very very mama they were recording yeah. her again I'm yeah. like hey I should not do that but yeah. you know but it, it's it's kind of indicative of you know people are on the outside and just almost curious of mm-hmm. this concept that you don't know until you're in the center of it and when you meet somebody and we've met a lot of people on the street like those moments where you just kind of get in a random conversation mm-hmm. and you get it mm-hmm. and it's like <sighs> Well, I'm here's, not alone. Here's the other you know? thing, too, that I think is really important to the story mm-hmm. in the country. You know, we're not that far removed from institutions being the foundation of how you care for individual disabilities. Mm. You just send them away and lock them up. Yeah. And Tennessee's only 10 years removed from that. There's yeah. a lot of states. There's still 30-some states that have institutions. So even think about I know. When you, when you know. hear that about community-based supports and things that we need as parents, you know, you have to remember we are way behind everybody else when it comes to the acknowledgement of dignity and value Yeah, because that's how they were seen in historical purposes. You just get rid of it and out of sight, out of mind. And that is a very real narrative that still occurs. Yeah. And when he first started in his position, he would have to go to um, one of their central office locations still has um, the institution there yeah um and so i remember him just telling me he's like i am in tears driving up here to that yeah knowing what that means yeah what it has meant for thinking about or what it would have meant yeah Mm, for you as a parent sure Mm. yeah oh no doubt so like that drive to just drop her off and turn her and leave because that's what would happen nicole yes parents would just drop them off for 40 years yeah my uh my dad's oldest sister actually has a form of schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and you talk about broad spectrum Mm -hmm. schizophrenia Mm -hmm. is very broad spectrum and so she lived normal until she's 13 and it's often onset by puberty they lived in very rural arkansas ozarks and they never institutionalized her Mm -hmm. which i just I mean, above their time, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine just throwing someone away because yeah. it was just easier. I can't process that. I can't deal with that. And I'm, I'm sure you guys got this phrase a lot. I could never do that. Oh, oh I could yeah, never, oh, sure I could never yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> yes, you could. Yeah. Um, you yeah. just don't want to. There's yeah. a difference. That's you right. Know? That, That's that right. phrase and the other one that gets me is God would never give you more than you can oh, handle. Gosh. And I turned yeah. back to him. I said, yes, he will. You haven't yeah. been with me <laughs> at home by myself. Yeah. <laughs> he will give you more than you can. But so you lean on him. He will That's equip right. you mm-hmm. to get That's through it. That's the difference. Yeah. Yep, I, There's that, but he will equip you to get through it. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to to put that through that translation of of when you're in that trauma moment. You know, we've all been through that with our kids and watching them sort of go down this journey path. We don't want it for someone else, right? Yeah. But you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a secret. It is so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. and again, I have two kids, one that's atypical, one that's not. I know what the two different scenarios are. I know how powerful and impactful being a mom in general is, but I also know on a d- deeper level what it means because of my yeah. experience with my youngest too, that I want this to be an encouragement to listeners that, you know, it is going to be hard, but it is so mm-hmm. beautiful. It like is. you cannot, yeah. I, we can't describe it because it's so deeply impactful yeah. that it comes through that experience. But if you're in the middle of it right now, you're going to get through it. That's right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard, but it's, yeah. you're going to get on the other side of it and it's yeah. going to be just amazing. And people watch, they see your value of faith and your testimony and your commitment and God's providence, all of those things, Nicole, matter. Yeah. And people watch. I mean, they yeah. see it. People you work with, your neighbors, well, everybody see sees what you're doing. Too. Absolutely, and they see it yeah. in our, You know, it's it's I've shared this one of my friends, he's passed away, but but he he was a father of a child with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And his statement is the one I use all the time that this is for me, this is my Garden of Gethsemane moment. It's where your pain meets your purpose. Yes. Oh, my. So it, it, it collides now. So yeah. what do you do with it? You know, yeah. and, and that resonates with me so deeply. And it always has. Yeah. But it does even more so now that when I'm in the office, because I, you know, I'm, I'm semi-fatalistic with it. Like, my, I'm not going to be there forever. Oh, and, yeah. and I tell people that, and they they one of them's here with us in studio that tells yes. me stop saying that but which I tell them I, that too all and the she time. tells yeah, me yeah. that too but stop. I I want to do so much because I know I'm not gonna be able to do it forever and I know there's families that need me to do it right yeah so how do I do it and how do I drive myself and and it's really it's the, it's that your pain meets your purpose yeah and what are you gonna do with it now and and, and that's, that's a beautiful is, part yeah. like you just, that's the thing that says now I I I didn't know why in 2006 I knew why in 2019 yeah why did that happen? <laughs> just like now, I've got it. Yes, mm-hmm. and you just I don't mean, know, and mm. so it it creates that that beauty that you just said about yeah. man. If this didn't happen, I would have never had this job. Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought about. And, and this give job. it a moment of like uh, Pleasantville. Everything yeah. is in black and white. Mm-hmm. You're living out life, <laughs> yeah. and then like life is given color. Yeah, not through sin. Obviously, yeah. I think that's right. the premise right. behind that. Sure. But but even in sin. Um, God redeems. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. what the Bible is about. It's a yeah. lot of trauma, a lot of bad choices, yeah. a lot of really deeply evil things. And if you even look at the lineage of Christ, that that it comes through those moments of that's great right. uh, evil. That's right. God redeems for great good. Yeah. And um, you know we'll see it on the other end of the that trauma experience. And when you guys enter into the heavenly realm, and yeah. Kinsley is upright. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a it'll be a beautiful reward, um, but it's something that you through her experiences and your experiences that you get the honor yeah. of mm-hmm. allowing that to give purpose to someone else and to that's see right. the light of Christ. Well, Man. that's the thing. I mean, for me, the driver Nicole is: does everybody around me know who Jesus Christ is? Yeah. And if they don't, what am I telling them through my life or my actions yeah. or my words about? And to well, who imagine is that it comes through someone that is broken. That's right. Is seen That's as exactly broken right. and trash according exactly to right. culture. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, we yeah. just, you know, yeah. um, abort her yeah. just, and, and, you know, yeah. a lot of laws that are being presented for um, post-birth, mm-hmm. uh, post-birth abortion mm-hmm. where they just like 
with yeah. Cosette just don't resuscitate right. her right. because they assess her value in that moment. Yeah. She's too great of a risk to society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she costs too much money. Yeah. She's yeah. too much pain, too much. Oh, you have no idea. Can't contribute. Can't, can't contribute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I actually have quite a few talks on this actually mm-hmm. about, you know, the history of a measurable worth of the human mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. Um, and that they used to very literally and still do assess human value based off of output yeah, for, sure. within, within, sure. in, including government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and how can we ever assess someone's value output right. when our value output, uh, what we output to a society is not actually measurable at all? Right. And again, like from a position of like parents of kids with disabilities, right. my goodness, we know it. That's right. Mm-hmm. My goodness, right. we know it. Well, I am so glad you guys came on and yes. shared. I just, yes. uh, I wanted, uh, <laughs> like, I come on, I bring these really interesting people and I have this experience myself. And it's so wonderful to just sit across the table from a family that has just walked this out and... I don't feel crazy either. Other no, people cannot feel not. crazy too. Um, and, and really, we can just talk about that foundational yeah. purpose that we understand innately. Um, that we hope there's an encouragement to other people walking this out too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll uh, regroup when you know we're going to believe you're going to be in that position for a long time. Yeah. But maybe yes. God has like something different down the road. We can like circle back around. Right. He and, could. Yeah. And Kinsley's still like rocking it out. Like That's right. she was she's out. loving life. Oh, one, one of the things we say is. Um, Brad always says, she's just happy in the Lord. That's yeah. our, and we kind of have like a little acronym, you know, they'll say, what is she up to? We're just, she's happy in the Lord. Yeah. Um, and, and she is, and uh, she loves life and she loves people and she just radiates, you know, when you joy. see her joy. Yeah. And I, I will say real quick too, like with her purpose and her value, like when I start, when I gave it up fully and said, you know, whatever your will for her and quit focusing on those things and looking at, you know, quit focusing on what she wasn't doing and focusing more on what she she was was doing. It really started to open my eyes up to see. And uh, so many times, like she loves to like hug people and say hi to people. And, you know, I'm paying for stuff at Target and I'm looking, she's hugging people and I'm always like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, I really needed that. I needed a hug. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody who is nonverbal is reaching people. Mm -hmm. Yes. In her nonverbal state is reaching people. Mm. And I we were out to eat one time and I looked over and uh, she was waving at an elderly lady who was sitting at a table by herself and she, Kinsley was just waving at her, blew her kiss and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that lady needed that yeah. in that moment and God was using Kinsley to give that lady, oh, you know, man. a sense of hope and encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then, yes. I so think, much purpose. Yes. So much, so much, more than we ever even understand humanly. I know. Yeah, and I always say uh, I'm glad other experiences too with our little one just walking around. How many smiles? Yeah, like that the children in in mm-hmm. a wheelchair typically will get mm-hmm. because it just they understand. Like people it taps into something, I guess, yeah. in yep. your soul, even if you don't really understand it. Yeah, there's just something so joyful. Mm-hmm. The challenge that we're moving, I think, away from that, Nicole, is a lot of times historically that that smile has been out of empathy and sadness oh yeah uh, and a pity a pity and yeah. so that you're starting to hopefully see people saying that's how we should live life with yeah. a smile hug everybody yeah that's what we you say. don't see race we yeah. said all of the all things of us, kinsley does i've we've said if if 
the world needs more Kinsleys. Yeah. Mm. And we'll be When she right. hears a chip bag open, she's like, oh, and we'll say, yeah. if only we could be I as happy. I feel like happy. I do. Yeah. I hear a chip bag. But as happy as Kinsley with a chip bag open. You could just be it. that yeah. happy hearing the chips. Oh, my goodness. Knowing her yeah. circumstances. Yeah, yeah. If, you could be that, if everybody could just be that happy, mm-hmm. oh, the world the, would be a better place. The lessons yeah. we can learn through just And they're just still that. teaching. Absolutely. Every I, moment. Every moment. And even if there are questions on the end, other end of yeah. unfulfilled expectations, right, that that we can allow those to be learning lessons. That's right. And I would say, too, for the listeners, just to encourage them, you know, as parents, it's our it, it's our privilege and an opportunity for us to just let our kids do be. and be what they were yeah. created to be. Ugh. And, you know, stop I, marking all of the. Uh, yeah, I'm so know, tired I of just that. Learned, yeah. I just learned, you know, I'd apologize. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to quit apologizing because yeah. not once has anyone been mad. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just going to quit apologizing. I, and I'm going to believe that she is hugging that person for a reason she because sees they something need it. That the they Lord need. knew it and prompted yeah. her. Right. And I'm going to allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. See, at the end of this, I'm hoping everybody feels like gotten through that yeah. uh, really intense story at the beginning to find the immense amount of joy that's on the and, other end And of if it. any of the listeners ever want to reach out to us, they yeah. can. I mean, we're present on Facebook and on social media. And we've got more like, than anybody please else. reach out to us because we, we do want to. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. He's, you're right he's about very, that. very involved. And we want to. Ha- I We've yeah. been there. And there's something to speak for experience that people just sometimes need to reach out and say, can I talk to you? Yeah, and specific. D-I-D-D is mm-hmm. the acronym for it. We're yep. at the state of Tennessee, but I also under, understand that other states have these sort of groups yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even DignityDefense.org is another place to go. Yeah. That's what our um, affiliated organization with this podcast, mm-hmm. um, we're trying to really do this more too, to get services redirected, all these organizations and governmental processes that allow for service of people with disabilities, but, you know, you know, unplanned pregnancies, other things, other these moments that we find ourselves in deep distress and we need community and we need help and service. That's right. Um, So, yeah. But again, I'm so glad you guys came on and um, maybe come back on again. We need Kinsley and Cosette to meet. Oh, yes, I know. Oh, the the nonverbal joy in the room because she's not, mine's nonverbal too thus far. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Come back for another episode of Pro Dignity No Doubt. Thanks.